Candy. For those who don't know, my dad was the late, great John Candy, who's no stranger here to Second City. <laughs> and this evening, I have one of my dad's favorite comedians of all times, the wonderful Anne Ryerson, who was in movies like Minority Report with Tom Cruise, and she was in the show uh, Private Benjamin, and the classic Caddyshack. Now, before I bring Anne on, because I am so excited to get her on here so that we can start chatting, I'm gonna play a clip for you guys, and I want you to pay attention. She's the one wearing the pink cap, and she is responsible for so much in this scene. So take a look, enjoy, and then we're gonna bring Anne on. Want some? Oh, give me some. Who asked you? Come on, I'm in. Joey, you. Get out Joey, of here. Would... No big deal. Excuse me, I should say Brian Doyle Murray actually wrote, I mean, really most of Caddyshack. Right. Well, I've, it, I've watched it over and over, and I always knew that you were in it, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> it's actually in the pink cap. But I love it. And I remember, at, and I asked you before you came here uh, what your favorite candy was. Well, I did, and I said, um, mine is Snickers. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, thank you. And so when you guys all leave, there's Snickers over there that you may help yourself to some lovely Snickers. The reason I like Snickers is they last so long. You know, they've got nuts and caramel and chocolate. You were also saying turtles were your favorite, which well, I, were my favorite as grandma. Because my grandma always used to have oh, turtles. turtles. Oh, you're lucky. They are yeah. so oh, yeah. good. 
We, I made a, a Snickers, you know, in, in my day, in my day, <laughs> you, we got Snickers bars this big for a nickel. And it, you could make them last truly, like the entire afternoon. And, and we did. I remember being on the roof of my girlfriend's house. She lived kind of in a major thoroughfare in Minneapolis, where I'm from. And we were eating our stickers, we yelling things to people in cars like, Hey, honey, why don't you move a little closer, your sweetheart? <laughs> we, thought that was, we thought that was just hilarious stuff, you know? Well, I, well, I apologize for giving the mini size. Oh. You can maybe make that last. Half a day? Though I do like... They're Valentine's, too. Very cute. Oh, what it says that oh. love will make you nutty. Oh. <laughs> which is the truth. Which, which is the truth, not chocolate. Well, though, I love baby Ruth, not not just because of Caddyshack, but because my, my baby sister's name is Ruth. And so we used to torment her with baby Ruths. We'd say, oh, look. My baby Ruth. She said, that's mine. No, it's mine. <laughs> so I do like baby Ruth oh, also. Good. So, and you were born in Minnesota. Did you live in Minnesota and born in Wisconsin? Or where did well, you I, I was born? Well, I was born in Wisconsin, but I was only there for three months. Oh, well, so there. I'm really raised in so Minnesota. You were, there you go. And one of the things I do have to say sitting here with Jen, she is the spinning image <laughs> of her father. Sorry, Rose. <laughs> but I mean, really. Really? I'm a, I'm a blonde, but when I, yeah, blonde, I know. When I had dark oh. hair, I looked more like my, my mom, oh, but my okay. mom is slowly going blonder, so we're all... Oh, right. <laughs> right. No, yeah, yeah, but you, are, you really I, are the spinning image. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just for now, I'm going to put this Okay, down. but there, there are... There are okay, Another thank one you. Of you if you're, like, getting married. So you, okay, so how did you make your way to Chicago? Like, or you started in modeling? Well, I did. I, well, I started, I went to Northwestern University. Okay. So I was in, I was in Chicago. And uh, so I saw the second city while I was in Chicago. And I was thought. was on stage when you. Boy, Peter, Peter Boyle, uh, Bert Heyman, Fred Willard. Okay. So it was, it was, you know, it would have been, I was in college from 67 to 71. So I probably would have been there in 69, I'm going to say. And I went there and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> but, but I wasn't really a performer in those days. I was a journalist. But then I went back to Minneapolis and I couldn't get a job as a journalist. And I ended up uh, being cast in Dudley Riggs' Brave New Workshop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is a fabulous improvisational theater. Yeah. If you have, if anybody's uh, been there, it's really terrific. And actually, Dudley Riggs preceded Second City. He, used to, he had a coffee shop, you know, and he used to just stand up and read the newspaper and go, oh, I see in, um, you know, like in Slovenia, they're uh, taking, you know, and he would just make comments on the newspaper. And that was kind of the way he began. And then he, it, his place kind of expanded. So I was there first. Oh, right. Okay. Then I went and, and visited a boyfriend in, in Chicago. And audition, audition for the con. I will not come. My daughter's in the audience. I'm right. not making any comments. No, we're not going. We're not going there. Boyfriend Chicago yeah. audition. Let's yeah. talk about the audition. The audition, and I think this is just completely ironic because in Second City, in those, I, I like to say Second City, in, in, in a way, it's like a pyramid. Yeah, the way it is, Second City is now, it's really expanded so greatly. When we were there, was, there was just hardly anybody in it. And it was very, very small. Because right. I started in 1972. Second City began in 1959. I started in 72, so 13 years so, yeah. afterwards. And there was only one company, 
with five men and two women, and a touring company with five men and two women. So there was four women. And generally, the touring company fed the women in the main company. I came from Dudley Riggs, and I was truly hated. Now, I have to tell you, no, I really was. Because you missed the touring company well, and went straight. Well, yes, and also because the touring company people thought they were going right into the show. And I, and uh, her name was, um, but the, the girl who, whose job I kind of bumped out, she she went on, it was uh, uh, Keith and Mon, Keith and Mon, oh, anybody know? Damn, damn, know. damn, damn. She and a guy went to New York and became a very famous comedy duo. Mm -hmm. So it really worked out for her. And so it that's worked. good. It worked, out, it worked out good for her. And your, and for you. and your you. dad came in not long after that. When I was in the second city in Chicago, us, uh, Toronto decided to open a company. And our, our show was Tuesday through Sunday. Theirs was Monday through Saturday. They were off on Sunday. We were off on Monday. So we flew up for their opening. Okay. So that would be Gilda Radner, um, Roseanne, uh, and Catherine O'Hara. I'm sorry, I'm was missing some people. Andrew, uh, no, Dave Thomas, Dave Thomas or Thomas. Joe Flaherty. No, no, Joe Flaherty, not Dave Thomas. Then Eugene, Dave. Eugene Levy, and Brian Doyle Murray, believe it or not, and a few other. And uh, John was not in. Your father was not in that company. But John, very soon after that, they thought, oh, we love this guy. He's so young because John's one year younger than than me. <laughs> we determined that backstage. Yep. And and I entered Second City when I just turned 23, so John, you know, probably entered when he just turned 23, because he entered about a year after me. Right. And we both were kind of babies. John really looked like a baby. <laughs> I mean, he did. He had, he had he a baby had, face. I think he, had, he really had always had that face. baby face. And he also kind of had a baby attitude. He really was like a baby. <laughs> he was like a teddy bear. I mean, you couldn't, who did not love John Candy? Everybody loved John Candy. But when he first came into the second city, he was kind of an unformed performer, I have to say. Rose, are you, yeah. if I, if I, I mean, he wasn't shaped as much as a performer. Right from the beginning. So as a stage personality in the beginning, John wasn't as strong as, because film and TV, I think, really was his thing. And of course, he was very young, and as he got older, he got stronger and stronger, just like I the more too. you do, the better you kind of, the more comfortable you are at it. Yeah. Well, also just you grow up, you know. So, yeah. But John always loved movies so much. I mean, he was like an insane movie nut. So after the shows in, in Chicago, yeah. we would go back to John's apartment. Which was on Crilly Court, yes. which was where I lived when I moved out there. Oh so I lived in the same building, oh. but a different floor. And it, when I decided to go out to Chicago and work for Second City, my mom and I went out and we went looking all around Chicago trying to find apartments. And we couldn't find anything or we could, you know, it just wasn't the right neighborhood. It wasn't close. So my mom's like, hey, let's go take a walk around your dad's old neighborhood. It's right around from Second City. And we literally walked in Curly Court and there on the door was a sign that said for rent. Candy relatives. Candy relatives. relatives. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was, it, yeah, so we could, I think we finally figured out that it was the actual building, but different because he had the back, he had a back unit, I think, or something, but it was different. Did it, it still smell of marijuana? It Because the whole building raked up marijuana. Well, we, we really loved, I mean, we, we, after the shows, we'd go over and out and a lot of dope would be smoked. Not, not insane. Not insane. 
reasonable amount. Reasonable. These are Midwesterners. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And then, and, then we would, and then we'd watch movies, but John knew everything about every movie. He knew every actor. He knew every movie. He knew every plot. We would be, I'd be like, wow, this is cool. And he'd, go, he'd already seen it like eight times. So John had one of the most thorough knowledge, not most thorough knowledge. <laughs> most knowledgeable about movies. Thank you, thank you. That works. Yeah, about movies that I ever saw. And I mean, and he was, again, I'm saying he was young. So he really, that seemed to be his intense interest. And, and then not long after that, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but then SCTV began. And John was on SCTV and he began to really stand out because because television really, really suited him. And, that, and you know, he had such a, really his personality in person was the same as you saw on screen. He was very, very lovable. And, uh, and also, you know, if you take, you know, every cast is like a soup, you know, with certain spices, you know, there's the sexy girl. <laughs> That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, you know, there's the, you know, intense, per neurotic person, you know, whatever. And John was just a very, very unique presence. Yeah. He was very relaxed on stage, you know. How would you describe yourself? In the soup. Tall. The tall, the tall one. <laughs> well, I was young, you know. You, you just, I was a young, I was naive, kind of. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but you know, wide, wide open Midwestern eyes. I, and I'm saying that by comparison to Eugenie Ross Lemming, when I first got into Second City, Eugenie was in the cast. And I always thought that entire cast looked like at midnight somebody had lifted a rock and they'd crawl. They looked like, they looked like God. They looked like they'd never seen the daylight before. No, I'm serious. They were scary. They, it was Harold Ramis and God bless them. They were the mo one of the most brilliant casts ever at Second City. So if, if that seems like I'm disparaging them, I am not. Because it was Harold Ramis, um, Joe O'Flaherty, Eugenie Ross Lemming, Judy Morgan, John Belushi, um, Brian Doyle Murray, and, and, and David Bloom, who passed away quite early, so he's probably not as well known. And then maybe Jim Fisher at various times, but they, it was a very big uh, drug time. I mean, because the late yeah. 60s were very big drug times, and they just really were the most unwholesome looking group I'd ever seen. <laughs> but they were absolutely brilliant and created some of the best sketches ever at Second City. So I forgot what got me off on that. Well, what was, now you said best sketches. What was your, one of your favorite sketches at Second City? Well, um, what was fun? Because see, when I got there, that company was just starting to disband, right? So when I came in, they were just, I, John Belushi, well, John was off in, in, uh, in uh, Colorado when I first got into the company. Right. And then John came back into the company because Jim Fisher got mono and somebody needed to take his place. So, uh, so when, when John, yeah, yeah, so what happened is because that cast was kind of disbanding and we were getting a lot of new members, they tried something they'd never tried before in 1972 and that was a best of show. And I remember the Del Close, who was our director, just considered that a sellout. Oh my God, <laughs> it was not unique, it was not new. We were failures. 
<laughs> but we did a, a best of show of all the material of the first, you know, 13 years of the second city. And a lot of them were from that cast right before us. Oh, so you know, it? like Funeral, which became really. Yeah, real. that's I think everyone I talked to always says that Funeral is their favorite to either see or perform or, yeah. or you know, everyone knows it. So it's something that you can always go back to. Right. So that I got to perform that for six months. Well, so when we, before that, every Second City show was about three months. They would open a show and about six weeks into it, they'd really start honing the material. And then another six weeks later, they'd open a show. So shows were opening almost every, regularly every three months. When they opened this best of show, it was so popular. It ran for six months, which was a brand new thing for Second City. And it gave us a lot of time as a new cast to create new material and gel. But uh, honest to God, that funeral sketch was fun to perform. And it was so, you know, it was, you know, like the Lucy and Tino and Sana. Um, Jim Stahl, David Rashi, Betty Thomas. Now, for those who don't know what funeral is, do you want to get, I was give a little synopsis. I have photos later. Oh. I don't have the whole thing, oh. but just give a little synopsis of well, it, what... Well, it starts out... She, you know, was it it's originally called... Was it it's called no, it's called Funeral. Was it called... Then, yeah. Did they also call... Was it Tin Camp Beans? Oh, Van Camp Beans. Van Camp Beans. Well, it was actually What's called Funeral. funeral and yeah. then they just... Yeah. Well, there's about a woman who... It's a funeral at a funeral house and, um, you know, she's really sad and, she's, and people start coming in and uh, they say, uh, how how did he die? And um, so the wife says he had his head stuck in a gallon can of Van Camp's beans. <laughs> and they, they just do this. <laughs> and you see them try not to laugh. That's the, the whole thing is they, 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 and then some people come in and they know how he died and they're just like already trying to control their laughter. And then the son comes in on that one. Belushi played that. Oh, he played that really good because he was angry. He didn't want to be at that funeral house. He was mad that people were, you know, teasing his father. And then, and then the wife would go up to the casket and give this speech. And I can just remember it was so much fun because you would start telling the story and the audience would start laughing. And it was like riding a wave. You know, you caught the wave of the laugh. You know, and you wrote it and wrote it and wrote it and wrote it and wrote it. And it was just an unbelievable climax at the end of just this huge laugh and then the lights would go out. It was a beautifully constructed scene. A lot of times I think scenes are like climaxes, I'm sorry. (laughs) Because you see, I have to tell you, I'm not a, so sorry, I'm not a huge fan of the long form because it's not climactic. It just goes goes on on. and melds one thing into another and it's, you know, it's hard to do and, and it can be very entertaining. And I think it's wonderful for generating ideas. But I think as an audience member, I like the release of a scene building and building and building. And then, you know, you got a punchline. Hard to do though, very, very hard to pull off. So I think, you know, a lot of people have gotten away from doing that. That's good. So you were talking about how my dad found television and film. What made your transition? Like, 
after Second City, where did you, or what did you want to do? Did you mm. plan on being at Second City forever? Well, you know, I think... <laughs> I don't think everyone does. <laughs> no, I, I was at, actually at Second City two different times for a year and three months each, and then I think a year and three months in between. I got fired after my first year and three months That's at Second City. Oh, what, what happened? You didn't know that. I didn't know what? you got fired. I'm so sorry. You brought it up. No. <laughs> you know, and it's okay. Because um, I really was having, I, I'm going to be really honest, I was having panic attacks in those days. I was really having problems staying in my own skin. And I think it made me very impatient with Del Close, who was my director and liked to <laughs> tell his stories about shooting up with John Brent. You know, shooting up and uh, <clears throat> we would... Uh, <clears throat> you know, he was, you know, John and I, were, <clears throat> really, that was, that was. Like, I would be would nervous. Be. And, yeah. and no, I wasn't nervous, okay. but I was impatient. I was like, okay, let's go with rehearsal, you know. Yeah. And I think that after a while, I think Del and I kind of clashed. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know what? I, I think this is so weird. And my daughter, who's sitting in the audience, who's going to say this is weird, but. For the for, for the first and only time in my life, I went to a psychic after that, and she said, she said, you know, um, she said, wow, okay, you've got a lot of energy, but something has just been caught out of your life, and blah blah blah, and she's all she said, you know, you remind him of his mother. <laughs> And you know what? And I completely forgave him in that moment. I said, you know what? It's just one of those things. My chemistry and his were just not mixing at that time. Yeah. It's not his fault. That's not my fault. And I forgave him. I was not bitter. Thank you, God, because uh, Second City rehired me. I did a TV show with them, and I had a wonderful time. And I was kind of starting to get a little handle on these anxiety, panic attacks. And I was rehired again by the second city. And I had what I kind of call my more golden period because I was happy in my own skin. I was a little older, more experienced, and I created much, much better scenes the second time through. And you had anxiety attacks. Because my dad, oh, I don't know if he had them when he was younger, but I do remember him having them when he was older. Well, in my first, I'm so, gosh. So embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I might as well just blob my it's life out here. Yeah, God, <laughs> it's like damn it. Well, no, uh, the first time with, with me that I really had a very that I had one of these panic attacks, I was eating marijuana brownies with John <laughs> with John Belushi. So, um, <laughs> well, and there were other people there too. And I must say, John was so so nice. Uh, truly, he was. Uh, I really loved. <laughs> But I completely flipped out. I thought I was dying, you know, uh, traumatic. And um, might have had that, too, that was the beginning of the, that was the beginning of the panic attacks. So, um, so that was rough. <laughs> so Pop Friday's not so much. Yeah, yeah, with John Belushi. Well, and, and of course with John, that's nothing to him. You know, he could just he could ingest anything, and that guy was just like, and he could do sketches. You know, uh, what? Yeah, he was just, he was something else, that John Belushi. And, and truly a sweet person, at yeah. least when he was in the Second City, and the most charismatic stage performer I was ever on stage with. Yeah. Now that's, that doesn't, you know, everybody's got their own thing, but on stage, because he had almost like an explosive anger, or, or he was, the audience was, was a lot of scared of him. 
I mean, when he would come out, he would, he, he would say something, come out, you know, kind of glaring, and he'd say a line, and the audience would just like, bah! Well, like they'd been punched in the stomach. And then forced to laugh. Like, yeah. just, there you go. So he had a very, and a very different personality, for example, than your father. Well, yeah, my dad had a completely... Who, who you really just wanted to, you just wanted to be with him forever, right? If you saw, like, an Uncle Buck or any of his movies, you just thought, oh, this is the guy I want to be with. This is a guy I want to hang with. He he was a great person to hang with. Everyone, everyone, that was the good thing about him, is he always, um, everyone asked, is his characters, was he like that in real life? Like Uncle Buck, was he really like that? I was like, I think my dad was closest to his Uncle Buck character, because he still was, he was tough, but he was fun, and that was the most relatable that I could tell people. It's like, what was your life like? Well... Well, not he, as crazy as Uncle Buck, but you know, pretty, pretty. But close. he, I never saw him like get mad or. Oh, know, he got mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not like good. every, not very much, but like any kid. Yeah. But I do. Okay, so I was. My mom has a whole bunch of photos, and I put together like okay. a slideshow of stuff okay. that we can kind of play a game with it, where we'll play it, and then you can kind of spew out any information that. Or you may okay. have seen some of these or might not oh, have. Oh, I know one other thing I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, because this is very um, relevant to... Video did not even begin until 1975. So nothing before 1975 was really videoed. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And so... And I Which can, was difficult to find sketches of trying to find stuff that you and my dad had done together on stage... I was, you know, I have tons of photos, but video was, was hard to come by. So, right, because um, there was. Because there, and that's what Second City said. They essentially said, we didn't archive anything. Yeah, and, and the, I went, great. And they did, they started to film the sets with video. I was there in end of 72 through the end of 73, then I was fired. Then I was rehired again in 75, and I was there, and then I quit in 76. So in that later period, they started to videotape our set so you could see what you had done. But before that, you just had to remember. Yeah. Wow. Oh, always. You just had to remember. You really had to listen and, and think. Okay. okay. So play. Oh, we sorry. can play the. Okay. So well, that's. I don't know if that's at your head. Oh. <laughs> so these are. Just, this is some oh, yeah. of the stuff that Second City set me. It's like, oh, look so at it. It's okay. a cute photo. Your yeah. eyes and your hair is so pretty, and we can. Okay, let's go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that one. Isn't that That's a great shot? That's one of my shot? favorite photos. Isn't that a great shot? It's so cute. Now, what are we all doing? <laughs> Miriam's somewhere Miriam in the middle. Miriam Flynn, who George. gave me this scarf. Uh-huh. I love that scarf. It's so yeah. pretty. Jim Sherman and Don DiPolo, Mert Rich, and, and George Flynn. Was that in Chicago? Oh, yes. That was, yes, that was all. Yeah. yeah, this is in Chicago. Now that's you, and I think Wait, Damon. That's me. Yes. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think David. Ro- is that David oh, Rashi? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I just thought that. I was have no idea you do that doing still. There. there you go. What's that scene? Well, it looks like it's some kind of fifties thing where I'm jumping on him and dancing. Yeah. There's Paul. This is this is when we went to Toronto. This is when we did the exchange. The second city in Toronto came to came, Chicago, and Chicago and we, went to yes. Toronto. And this was the company that we brought to uh, to Toronto: Betty Thomas and myself, Paul Ziegler, Mert Rich, and Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> Betty's fun to talk about because Betty was broke. 
She was completely broken. She was a hard person to cast, I have to tell you. She really was. She got this little part in Hill Street Blues when my daughter was born. Because I remember her coming over and going, hey, this has got this little part program, Hill Street Blues. And we were thrilled for her, thrilled for her. And then they kept her on as a regular. And then after about four years, she got to direct. And then she, she's directed several movies and she directed Alvin and, and the Chipmunks, The Squeak Roll, <laughs> which grossed $219 million. One of the top Not grossing, too shabby. One of the top grossing, um, I, uh, Kung Fu Panda 2 was directed by a Chinese woman, but I think Betty's one of the top five women, uh, top five grossing women film directors. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's okay. so funny. And I'm still in touch with No, that's okay. Oh, yes, Stephen. American Gothic. <laughs> we opened the show. Um, you know, Second City liked to, in those days, open the show with the entire cast kind of on stage in a picture kind of thing so you would get to know the cast. They had this kind of general theory. Don't bring people on one at a time and don't have people come on and crazy characters. Bring everybody on. Let the audience get to know you. And so, like oh yeah, I know this one. This is what this was a diner scene, where Jim Stahl came in, and we were positive that he was James Dean, and he was still alive. We were just <laughs> completely flipped out that we thought we were seeing James Dean, and that yeah, yeah, that's called diner. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's from. Uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, part six, which I get more mail about than anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people that like to see me beheaded. Troop That's Hill. Troop Beverly Hills with Shelley Long, who gave me this dress. <laughs> dress is from Shelley Long, that's from Miriam Flynn, so I still see those Second City people. Oh, yeah. And then this is from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. But look at Catherine over there. Played the crazy sister. Oh, she was good. And oh. this is what you just most recently oh my God. found this on the internet. This is oh my God. This is when I played uh, Mary Todd Lincoln this summer, but that was serious. Yeah. <laughs> so you've done everything. You've gone from comedy. What was what was the the challenge? Or was there a challenge? Or what did you... You know, I, I found that I couldn't make a living as an improvisational actress. Okay? I mean, I don't know. No, no, you can't. Because either you start teaching. Right. Do you know that the second city in Chicago does not make any money off of their shows? or the bar, or the restaurant, they only make their money off of the school. And that I know for a fact. Uh-oh, this is being taped and replaced. <laughs> no, but that is it's the second city confessionals. That, that's the truth, because people do make their money off of teaching. A lot of, a yeah. lot of people do. And uh, it's a wonderful thing, because people are passing on their knowledge. Uh, but at the time, uh, I found that I couldn't I, like in, improv was not translating into earning a living in television and movies. So I started, um, I took a year of acting classes with a woman named Salome Jen. She's a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And then I started, uh, so I, and then I'm very, very fortunate. I got cast into a TV show called Private Benjamin, which I did for, uh, a, a, to say a season and a half and I earned more money off of that than anything I've ever done I mean I earned more money I really earned a decent amount of money on that uh, because in, but nowadays CTV is different because there was then there was four networks on NBC ABC CBS and not even 
Fox. I mean, yeah. Fox was just not even coming into being yet. This is the groundbreaking. You're in the groundbreaking era of you know television becoming more popular. Yeah. So well, so you only made your, you know, so you people made, made a decent amount of money if you were in a TV show. And I, I really, I, I sometimes feel sorry for actors nowadays. I just don't know how they're going to make a. How many? How you make a living? It's I really, really, don't. really hard. You either have to have multiple jobs or start booking lots of commercials. Cause I, right, I'd be interested to hear. You know, yeah, how, <laughs> how do you do I mean, it? I don't mean that sarcastically at all. I mean that very sympathetically. That I think it's terribly difficult to break into making a living. You know, when I was there, there was not very many improvisers. Now, now, oh my gosh, the improvisers are so fabulously trained. They're mm-hmm. so funny. They've got so much background. They've performed in so many companies. You know, really, we didn't. We were, there was, was a, not a lot of people. It was a different era. It's a different era. And I think it was, I, I was talking last, when, uh, two weeks ago when I was talking to Dave. Dave just saying how back then was, so much, they said he just described it as easier. Yeah, there's there's as as easier. But okay, so I did find. So I was when I was looking rummaging through videos of Uh uh, Second City, Uh they they stumbled upon a environmental video that you had done, and I have a clip uh, snippet of it that I won't play because I don't think you said you had. Well, remember what it was? You know, I know that I think maybe we did this for public television. Let's see. Johnson get back into the mainstream of the American power structure. We hope so. The magic wheel. Water pollution. Water pollution. There's the issue. Here's the box. Mrs. Jones, whose fault is it? We recently had some house guests from Mexico in, and they refused to drink our tap water. Now, I don't blame them. You can see the gunk pouring in from those big factories. I blame management. Management Management cares about you, the public. Uh Now, we no longer pour industrial waste into the water. We pour it onto the ground. As a matter of fact, we'd like to change the whole industrial process, but organized labor is fighting us every step of the way. I blame labor. Labor. Yeah, they're going to change the industrial process, all right? They're going to move the factory to Japan. And we're not going to stand for it. Now, somebody ought to be able to get in there and clean up the water without laying off thousands of American workers. And I think the only person big enough to do that is Uncle Sam. So I blame Uncle Sam. Ah, come on, you pass the buck! I'm uh, reminded of a humorous story. No, come on, Uncle Sam, pass the buck! All right, all right. Now, we would seriously like to clean up all our waterways, but that's going to cost billions and billions of dollars, which means an increase in taxes. No, the public won't stand for that. So it's it's the stage work and that just kind of happened because I really feel like I'm not a crisp auditioner 
for movies and for television. I just feel like I don't go in and go, boom, boom, boom. Oh, I know just how I would cast her. I just feel like I'm not very good at that. So my friend had this, was starting up a play reading group where, and he asked me, would I read a play for him? And I thought, yeah, and I, I read this play and I, I kind of stayed in the group because I thought I'm not really very good at auditioning, but if people generally see what I do, they kind of like me. And so, uh, and that has happened. You know, that's what happened because somebody in the group recommended me for a show that was casting something and then I did that show and then they recommended me. Then, so for the last year I've been doing, a, last five years I've been doing a lot of theater. theater. Well, that's yeah. great. You've, I think you've I earned no money. <laughs> so gotta go back it. to the television and film yeah. there that's where it, the television is where it is television right yeah. now because everyone from film is moving to television because the hours are better well unless you're doing single cam which then can take forever but you know yeah. you can make a living yeah well it, it, yeah right I, you know, I, I don't get called in that often anymore for television I think the last thing I did, was it Grey's Anatomy you did Mad Men I did Mad Men. That's, oh, that was fun. Mm, that so was fun. You, you've you done a real lot. girdles, real I, pointy bras, <laughs> <laughs> real garter belts. Yeah, they really go even from the from the inside out really? in that show. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm not easy to fit, so that was. I mean, because I'm I'm a tall person. That was a lot of fun, and they were very very good. But that's a show, you know. Again, you got to come in with your yeah. act together, okay? Because you come in, there's 40 people around, you got your scene, they go, okay, let's rehearse, let's shoot it. So, you know, um, it's not like you're going to improvise too much in that situation. But I think what improv obviously does give you is the ability to think on your feet and uh, a confidence in yourself that, you know, if something goes awry, that you can that you can tap dance. It happened, I just did a show at Theater 40 and, and... um, <laughs> something happened on the stage. Uh, very rarely in this cast, this this was an awfully good cast. They almost never made a mistake. But I think it was practically the last night somebody made a. You know, it'd be like me calling her. You know, Mary, and it was on stage. And it was like, pretty obvious to the audience. Is like, um, uh-huh. and so the girl goes, "Did you just call me Mary?" Right? And and so and so. And then, and then a couple, so, so then a couple mistakes happened. that's where improv came but in. But that's where it really helped what because I, I finally went, what's going, you know, I finally, what's going on here? And then I got it right back on track because you know, okay, you're already thinking a couple steps ahead. Yeah. And uh, obviously improv helps you in commercial auditions. It helps you, uh, it helps you fill out a character. But I, what I really find helps me the very, very most is whenever I do any part now, I do such a huge background. Uh, I do a huge written background about what is my, re- the first thing I do is what is my relationship with the person in the scene and um, uh, how do I feel about it? It's my mother and I hate her because she's like, yeah. been terrible to me my whole life, right? Second thing is, is what is the event of the scene? What's happening? And then the third thing, what am I fighting for? And I do a huge, huge written background. Uh, so I find... Uh, and you come prepared and that you know that, you know, improv is something that you have in your tool belt that will help with every aspect, television, film, theater. I loved being in the Second City. It is the best... Um, fraternity of people I could have possibly well, yeah. started off in. It's a good fraternity to be in. Oh. It's like my second family and 
That's the, why I kind of created the show. And they're so fun and lively. And improvisers are, they listen. That's another yeah. thing. They listen. You know, they have to listen. And of course, <laughs> they're going to miss something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, very, I'm extremely grateful for having been in the second season. Does anybody have any questions? Does anyone have any questions? Did you get to work with John Hamm? John Hamm? What, From uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, I did. Though uh, my scene was more with his wife, Bonnie. Is that her name? I think the, I am going to be. I, the blonde. Yeah, my scene was more with her. Mm. My yeah. friend was actually but, but his we body rehearsed, double. But we rehearsed together. He's very, very handsome. I know. Oh! <laughs> That's why you're like, hold on, did you? I, I need together. <laughs> He's very, very cute. Hey, there's a lot of cute people in show business. You have to always try to keep it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anne, I think this is the... So, is it over? I think the time has come to an oh, end. Oh, but right. I want to say thank you so much. I just, my mom and my family have always, you know, talked of Annie Ryerson and how they have loved you and oh. I loved you. And I just have... have well, I do, I do. Oh, can I say one more thing? You, can, can, say one, you can say one more oh, thing. Oh, when we we'll, did, when we shot Big City Comedy yeah. in, in Salt Lake City, John really was Johnny LaRue. He, he loved to live yeah. big. And he was so cute, and he hosted my brother, and my brother was giving John some treat. Oh, you know, one of the things that not a lot of people know, now, pros, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is I think John had no kneecap. He didn't. Right. He had no left oh. kneecap. Yeah. Football, right. football injury. Football injury, and so he couldn't exercise. Yeah. It made things very, very difficult for him, and that was in the early 70s. And it was something that always kind of impressed me, because the poor guy really could not exercise. Yeah, I, mean, I know, everyone's like, oh, no, he had a fake kneecap. I'm like, no, 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 he had no yeah, kneecap. Yeah, and though, nowadays, maybe they would make a fake patella or something. Yeah, he's supposed to have one, because it affects, it affects the child. Yeah, yeah, but he couldn't. The only thing he could maybe do is go swimming, so it really made it very difficult for him. But gosh, he was fun. He was so much fun, and my brother treated... John's right. feet and everything, and he was so kind. He said, I'm going to fly up to Toronto and treat my mom. So he flew my brother Lee up to Toronto. And you should mention that your brother's a chiropractor, otherwise, this makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was like, hold on, wait, what did your brother do? Because I couldn't remember if he was a, a garbage man. He was yes. a garbage man. He cracked people's bones right. on the All side. Right, he's a chiropractor. <laughs> anyway, I love John yeah, Candy. Well, there, it's a whole family affair, so that's why I had to Thank have you God, on the show. Makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you now feel complete that we can now? <laughs> well, God knows where my mind was going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And thank you so well, very thank much you. for coming out pleasure. here. And I want to say thank you guys so much for coming out. And yeah, I will be here in two weeks. And my next guest is going to be uh, the wonderful Jim Belushi. So I would hope to see you guys again here. And I would like to say, wait for it. That's all, folks. Drive safe and get out! <laughs>